When it comes to maximizing time in the uplands, without fail, Onyx Hunt is my most valuable tool. From planning my next hunt through a new bird cover to navigating in the field, Onyx Hunt is truly with me wherever I go. With detailed mapping and satellite imagery, along with a multitude of map layers from land access to forestry and habitat information and easy-to-use tools to mark, measure, and catalog important information, Onyx Hunt seamlessly integrates digital scouting with boots-on-the-ground time in the field. With offline mapping and Apple CarPlay integration, you are free to explore the wild landscapes our beloved upland birds inhabit. Planning your next move in the uplands begins with knowing where you stand, and for me, that starts and stops with Onyx Hunt. Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your Onyx Hunt subscription. When the miles rack up faster than your flush count, that's when you'll truly appreciate your hunting vest from Final Rise. Built for the uplands and proudly sewn in the USA, the complete lineup of hunting vests from Final Rise, from their all-new Summit XT down to the minimalist Sidekick system, are all built upon the foundational load-bearing waist belt and low-profile shoulder strap system, which allow you to carry all the gear you need and do so comfortably while maintaining your ability to move freely and perform when you need to most. With a complete lineup of accessories and newly released performance field apparel, Final Rise has the gear you need to help you get the most out of every mile and every flush. Final Rise gear is built for the uplands. Get yours today at FinalRise.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode of the Birdshot Podcast is presented by Onyx Hunt, Final Rise, and Upland Gun Company. On this episode of the show, we wrap up part two of our Grouse Camp Podcast with Bill Coffey and Nick Adair. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 245. All right, welcome to another episode of the Birdshot Podcast. Thanks for joining us, everybody, for part two of our Grouse Camp Podcast with Nick Adair and Bill Coffey. We'll talk to those guys in just a minute. I will quickly thank Patreon patrons of the Birdshot Podcast, those of you out there making voluntary contributions in support of the show to keep these conversations coming your way. You get some bonus content, discounts. We're going to do a giveaway. I will announce that shortly for the Bird Dog of the Day swag, Tumblr, T-shirt, and decal. And we send everybody some Birdshot Podcast canned coolers and stickers. You can learn more and sign up at patreon.com forward slash birdshot. All right, it's Halloween today. Trick or treat, everybody. When I'm recording this, you'll be hearing this little later in the week but hope you had a good halloween maybe got out for a halloween hunt that's kind of been an annual tradition of mine i did not get out this year sadly we got some snow overnight which kind of foiled my plans today but i was also quite busy with work and the podcast and getting things ready as i am headed to the cabin tomorrow for an extended weekend and we'll be 
hunting quite a bit over the next few days. So I opted to stick around the office today, which was a good idea in hindsight, but nonetheless, I did not get out for my Halloween hunt. Okay. Before we get into part two of the show, I'm just going to read a quick email from the Birdshot podcast inbox. It's that time of year. I'm getting emails from listeners and people out hunting and I love this stuff. So I thought I would just share this one from emailer Jacob. Hey Nick, I'm a huge fan of your show. I'm 26 and have a chocolate lab as my first bird dog. This past October, we took a trip to Wisconsin to visit family and do a bit of grouse hunting. It was my first time pursuing grouse with my dog. She has moved several woodcock in her life, but never a grouse. It was during that unseasonably warm first week of October, so we didn't have much time on our walk since she would heat up quick. On our first walk of the trip, we were successful on about the fourth flush. Your show sort of encouraged me to just go for it. The podcast you did a while ago with a new-to-grouse hunting gentleman was very enlightening. He had a lot of the same questions I had. I still have a bunch to learn, and so does my pooch. If you ever wanted to bag a grouse over a flusher, we will be going back next year around the last week of September. Invite is always there. Thank you, Jacob. He goes on to say, also on the topic of wearing bells in the grouse woods. Now, I don't have lots of experience, but I didn't run a bell for the simple fact that I feel like I miss flushes on woodcock at home when the bell is ringing. And if she would have had a bell on in Wisconsin, I feel like there would have been flushes I missed because some of them, I just heard them take off. Obviously, she works closer than most pointers as well. Keep up the great content. Thank you, Jacob, for emailing in. Congrats on your first grouse. He sent me a picture. Big smile, happy dog, tongue hanging out. I love to see it, buddy. And he's even got a final rise vest too, so that's even better. But once again, thanks to Jacob for sending that in. I love hearing success stories and people getting out there and doing it. And if the show and our guests and our conversations can help people and facilitate that in any small way, That is always uh, something that puts a smile on my face. So I appreciate that email from Jacob. And on the bell thing, I included that little last snippet because I did get a lot of feedback when I shared my thoughts on bells and sort of the ones that I use. And I appreciated that. A lot of people sort of appreciated the detail that I provided. But to Jacob's point, with a flushing dog, I, I think not, of course, having much experience with a flushing dog myself, I think if I was running a flushing dog, I really don't think I would have a bell on it. Maybe early season if it was really thick or I had visibility issues, but it's it's really just the the feedback that I'm getting from the dog when I can't see it. And I think that's perhaps more relevant to pointing dogs that are ranging a little bit bigger in the grouse woods. Uh, I just interviewed Fritz Heller earlier this week which you will hear in the upcoming weeks. And we talked briefly about bells as well. And that was kind of his thinking. And again, I would defer to him as far as anything flushing dog goes. But I certainly don't think it's a bad idea for Jacob to not be running a bell in the grouse woods with the flushing dog working at that sort of range. Uh, I use the bell for somewhat different purposes, I think. But again, that's just my take on it. So anyways, that's that on bells and flushing dogs. And just a little heads up, we've got more flushing dog content on the way with that interview that we did with Fritz Heller. So stay tuned for that. All right, that's it. I got gear to pack up, getting ready. I'm heading out in the morning. So we are going to move right into part two of our Grouse Camp podcast, again, with Nick Adair, Bill Coffee. You heard part one last week. If you caught that, if not, go back and listen. Otherwise, here we go with part two. Let's welcome into the conversation and back to the Birdshot Podcast, Bill Coffey and Nick Adair. Are you guys good? I kind of want to keep chit-chatting here. I've had it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Nick, you've been on the road for, what, two weeks, three weeks? Uh, Going on three weeks now, yeah. Yeah how's the how's the camper set up how's everything going 
Man, it's it's going. Yeah. It's uh, you know, obviously every time you change something new like this, you know, I've never traveled with a camper before, but yeah. but last year I got I got tired of the Airbnb and cabin and hotel dance and uh so so doing the math, I I, I came away with this crazy theory that uh it, it wouldn't be an extra cost to do the camper. And uh you know, I'm going to sit down and run the numbers and we'll see how accurate that is, uh, you know, after this trip. But for the most part, the, the actual efficiency and moving around and setting up camp, uh, it's worked out exactly kind of how I had it in my brain, knock on wood. And, uh, I'm, I'm digging it, especially those long road trips to whereas, you know, I used to just have to get a crappy nap in the truck or, yeah. or climb in the back of the bed of the truck with three dogs and a whole bunch of gear. It's, uh, it's nice to just be able to, I'm tired. Let's pull over and you you know get a truck stop or rest area, and then you actually get some actual decent sleep in an actual bed. Yeah, and you have all your food and uh, you know it, the the generator to charge all your stuff up. Like it, it's been nice. So a uh, little bit different change of pace for me this season, but it's been a blast so far. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And recently, you've kind of pretty much been on the the Midwest Grouse Tour. Yeah, here. What's uh, what have you? What have you seen? What have you experienced? Well, you know, back back to something we were touching on earlier is uh, you want to build a grouse dog. You got to get grouse contacts. Mm-hmm. And uh, anybody that's familiar with my show and, and listens, I know we have uh, we have a, a pretty good crossover. Yep. Uh, so most people probably are familiar or, or know the fact that I have uh, a one year old setter, and uh, this was kind of her. Like, all right, let's build it. And uh, what better way to do that than coming and just doing a circle through Michigan, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Yep. And it's one of those, like, I've always wanted to do that. You talk about, you want to talk about October Northwood dreams. It's like, let's go hit all the great lake States. And it's one of those, like, it sounds great in theory, but are you actually going to do it? Yeah. Well, I'm crazy enough to, you know, let's <laughs> yeah. actually do it. Yeah. And, uh, it's been awesome. Every state has been different. Every, yeah. uh, I've got, I've had the fortune of walking with a lot of, people uh from very experienced to very new and everything in between and uh you know me i'm i'm hunting with people like yeah i mean i'm out there to kill birds but i'm also out there to steal your cheat codes and figure out you know how you do things and uh and i i truly have kind of plucked different approaches and and just tricks that i see people and tips and and what works best for them and and i'm I told you, uh, I think yesterday, it's just like right now, like I'm probably operating with the most confidence in the woods, the grouse woods specifically. I mean, you, you come up here and you hunt this many days in a row. It's, you start seeing the woods differently. It's like, I'm seeing the birds dramatically better, you know, staring down the barrel of a shotgun. It's just getting acclimated, just being able to move through the woods and, and recognize that's worth it. That's not, it's, uh, it, you know, we say all the time, there's no substitute for boots on the ground or time in the woods. And, yep. uh, this has only kind of solidified that more so in my head. Yeah. There is a, there's a rhythm to it like that. Or you get, it's like, you can almost get into a, not a flow state in the sense of like on a daily basis, but like, just like getting in that woods mode, like we were talking about it, you know, it's when you first started hunting, you know, it took you a few days to like figure out, all right, how am I weaving through the brush? And, and it's, I guess it just would mid-season form would be one way to put it. Yeah. You know, you kind of get into that rhythm of the dogs and your gear and everything's running and you're doing that every day. And I actually kind of feel like I almost haven't really hit my stride yet this 
season and, and part of it is because I, I, I did was sick for like 10 days and like right in the middle of October and wasn't hunting. And at the front end of that, I felt like I was just on the brink of like, here we go. You know, the next four weeks from mid October to mid November are going to be it. And then derailed for like <laughs> 10 days basically. And so now I'm like, it's October 25th today. I'm, I've got back out a couple of days. We had a really, you know, enjoyable day in the woods yesterday. It wasn't anything to write home about hunting wise, but I just haven't hit it yet. Yeah. And it's a weird feeling to me. I don't know. And I, I've got, I've got a couple of weeks ahead of me here, as long as the weather cooperates of, of some pretty good hunting. So I'm very excited about it, but I don't feel like I've hit my midseason well, form yet. It, it was a few weeks ago, you know, I was texting you. I'm like, all right, I'm starting to get pictures and tailgate pictures from listeners. Like, right. what, what, what are you doing? What's going on? And uh, you're like, man, it, it's it's coming up. Like, I'm, I'm getting geared up. And yeah. then I think you had one or two good hunts. And then I think COVID said there's only enough room in the North Woods for, for one Nick that's hunting. And, exactly. and, it, and it knocked you out for a little <laughs> bit. And so I've been you know, trying to pick up the, the slack over here, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things, you know, we talk people that go to the, you know, ocean and fish a lot. They talk, get your sea legs under you. It's like, you know, I think there's a acclimation point for, for everything that you do. And I think it takes a few days, if not even a full week to really get your, I don't know, woods legs in, and, and to where, you know, just, ducking and diving and weaving between some of those branches and saplings kind of it that takes a little bit of a yep. uh, certain sight picture if you will and then uh then you can forget about shooting birds it's right. like everybody knows it's like those first two three days that you're taking pokes at birds like are very rarely as successful as we would like trying to get yep. in position with the dog on point and yeah. then actually getting a shot yep. off and yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it's like you said, it, it's, it is kind of almost a flow state to where it's just like it's coming second nature. You don't have to think about it, and uh, it, it's just getting those reps in. And if you know, if, if you get going, you're, you're starting to get the groove, and then all of a sudden you get knocked, knocked out, and you're you know, on the couch for 10 days. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's rough timing for you, yeah. but uh, you know, it's like, well, I've, I, I have complete faith that you're going to appreciate November, and yes. the woodcock are going to be moved out, and you're, you're going to be able to just, all right, it's just me the dogs and and grouse <laughs> yeah speaking of woodcock i have i have not and this is not really related to like time in the woods but i have not been into a whole lot of woodcock did you ever hit any flights over the last two weeks you feel like you really got into them i have and it's it's been very cover dependent okay you know and, and you and i've talked about this a number of times uh even yesterday i think it came up to where you know i know there there's obvious overlap between woodcock cover and grouse cover yeah right but the more time you spend in the woods you you can set yourself up more for success one way or the other it's just like mm-hmm. yes you know it's like this cover might produce a grouse but you're going to primarily hit woodcock and then conversely this one might you might stumble upon a woodcock because they they end up in random places yeah. but you can set yourself up to where you're going to have more likelihood to run into grouse and more effective shooting on grouse. And so that's one thing that I've really focused on is not going into those aspen cuts and younger cuts with at least without like the seed oaks and, and clear objectives for you to actually walk under for grouse. I don't enter those anymore 
because to the ones point, that basically have a sign above them that say Woodcock. Yes, here. Woodcock right here, yeah. and uh, you know it's not a knock on Woodcock, right. but it's uh, you know I can hunt Woodcock in Tennessee. It's I a love differentiation. Yeah, yeah, but it's like I'm up here for grouse, and I, I will forego those Woodcock contacts to to focus on the grouse. And but when when I have found myself, whether a dog pulls me into it or I'm hunting with somebody that really wants to go shoot woodcock, like, all right, well, let's go shoot the woodcock real quick. And yeah. uh, they're there and, and they're, they've been thick. And there's been a couple of times like, can we get the heck out of here now? Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, we yeah. flushed 20, 20 man limits worth of woodcock. And uh, then I know Bill came across his flight bird yesterday that really kind of put Obadiah right on edge, right out of the gate. And, uh, <laughs> Those flight birds can be real tricky awful. when they're tired. It was awful. <laughs> Fly 20 yards. The leapfrogger. It, yeah, yeah. The leapfrogger. It was like, oh, my. And, uh, yeah, it, it put Odar out for the day. Yeah. What's, what's your relationship with Woodcock? I don't know, I don't know what the, the extent of the mixed bag nature is in the southeast. And, and so I'm just kind of curious, like, have you always th- – do grouse and woodcock are they one in the same hunt for you or i i really didn't do much with woodcock in tennessee okay. until we came to the north woods and then it was just because it was an opportunity at times um and one of the things too that and we did get the the state to change it uh our woodcock season landed solidly in tennessee's deer season we have a long deer season and it was like I don't want to get my dog out there. Yeah. You know, uh, we did get um, a split season in Tennessee now. Okay. And so, you know, if the dogs really need to try to work on a bird, if I'm trying to reward the, the dogs, then I may go hit a cover, you know. How do they um, do it? Is it 15 days and 30 days or? Because you, yeah, get, they, you get 45. Yeah, they split it in half. You, okay. you, you get half up front and then half on the second. And, and the, the like one in November. bookending the deer season kind of yeah, thing? Yeah. yeah. It's like November, early December is the first one. Mm-hmm. And then the second one's in January. And, yeah. I, and I prefer the January one because yeah. the Orange Army is yeah. fully out of the yeah. woods. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, the last year, last year we got hit with cold weather, really severe cold weather over Christmas. Yeah. And it pushed it, – we, we – basically lost wood very strange migration last year they they pushed them on out so yeah pushed them further south but it's uh it it seems like anytime when you do come across the the grouse in tennessee it's not in the typical areas that you find woodcock and and that was one of the big eye-opening realizations that i had to where it's like i would go out and you can let's face it you're tramping around all these mountains and up and down and if you're there for two three days and you don't see anything you don't come across anything woodcock can save a day to where it's just like the dogs need a contact you mentally need something but what i realize is slowly you know those successful walks to where you do get a flush on a grouse i'm slowly piecing together that like they aren't where the woodcock are so where you come up here and a lot of people are like oh yeah you know i got into grouse and woodcock in the same covers if you're focusing in on that down south because that's what you're accustomed to up here 
you're more or less kind of in the wrong situation. Yeah. And so if you really want to be successful on grouse, you have to get comfortable with getting away from that woodcock cover and, and understand that like, it's just going to be a long, boring day. Yeah. You really have to appreciate the, the hike and the walk with your dog for what it is and just, you know, appreciate the step number climbing up on your watch. And at the end of the day, it's like, you know what I put in the, I put in the effort, I put in the work, but, uh, it's uh it sucks because woodcock is one of the only kind of uh wild game birds. The, the upland the consistent upland opportunities yeah. you know there's a couple little uh specialty ones like snipe have little pockets here and there but if if, if you want a good quality like you you know i can go out there and get my dog on birds woodcock's really your only option now i mean even outside bob white quail i mean i know some people will say bob white quail in georgia alabama and that there are some wild coveys out there but even what most people are referring to on that those are your preserve hunts you know it's a lot of release birds and uh and it's just like you know if that's your bag cool I, i'm not knocking it but i i want to really i want true wild bird contacts yeah absolutely yeah well, did we uh, did we come up with any awesome new inventions last night? I mean, <laughs> Nick, Nick and I were firing back and forth, and I mean, uh, we were throwing ideas at the wall. I, that yeah, I, can, that yeah, I, can I know what you're getting at. I'm not sure I want that in recorded or not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say I need something for my shotgun to come up faster. How's oh, that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That one we could all use that yeah, from time to time. That the rough well, grouse will do that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm I'm about 18 months out of that light stroke that I had last year, and and uh, so I'm still struggling to uh, to uh, get the visual. And of course, with the week uh, this week, you know, to get the gun up faster and shoot faster. So anyway, and uh, get my get my groove up. And uh, I went to, went to the 28 gauge, yep. which I mentioned Sean earlier. That was his gun that he gave to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, three weeks before he passed away and uh he gave it to me and he said he handed it to me and he said here maybe you can hit something with this you know uh so the reality of it is is that 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 gun is does actually fit me well and it usually points well uh didn't get but one opportunity yesterday and uh i did hit what i pointed at but the grouse was on the back side of that <laughs> so the tree got in the way uh, but uh as far as as far as the latest greatest inventions you guys have have moved me past the uh compass and the topographical map so i don't know if i've got much to offer you yeah. on the technology yeah. side so. Well, I, I know if other people were listening to some of the ideas that we had last night, either they're stealing the ideas or uh, they're really amazed at the stuff that may never see the light of day. Right. We, we came up with some really cool stuff that it's just like whether it's feasible to ever create or produce, yeah. I don't know. But that's uh, that's part of the fun for me is like, all right, how do we improve this game even more? How do we make it more efficient? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think you guys had some good ideas last night and uh, some things that could work. Things that you don't think of technology actually helping woodsmanship. But I think some of the things and some of the ideas that you guys were bantering around there may help give some people the encouragement to get a little further back. Yeah. You know, and that's key to to building woodsmanship. Um, You know, 
you got to get to the point you're almost a little uncomfortable to get in the woods to build your woodsmanship. Yeah, you know, be prepared for whatever. And I think it's something that you know. I grew up in a generation where uh, that my mentors, you know, uh, one of my mentors uh, navigated a submarine with a sextant in uh, uh, the South Pacific during World War II, you know, and uh, and he, he told the story about not being able to do that for 17 days because they would surface and it would be there were no it was all clouds right right and so, so you had no idea where you are they, they drifted from the south pacific and found themselves later in the indian ocean because they had no idea where they were at i can't even wrap my head around how you would 17 days later actually figure out where you were yeah. <laughs> just because the sun comes out well it's it, again using the sextant and yep. the stars and yep. you know and uh what was funny about that gentleman to george and he was uh he was my one of my deer hunting mentors okay and uh he always had the compass, he topographical maps, and he would get in places, and he would look at his compass and said, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, late in the evening, he'd finally crawl himself out, Even, and he was a Navy guy, he was a navigation guy, yep. and it was like topographical map, and he still wouldn't believe them, because <laughs> it didn't look right to him. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it was funny a few times, okay. It's time for him to be here. It's dark. We're hitting horns, you know. And he would come out and say, I think I'd be able to navigate. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, getting, getting, you know, with what you guys are talking about, getting folks back to the woodsman mentality. Yeah. And goes to all the things that, that Nick is talking about. Learning. He's showing me stuff the last two or three days about what he has learned. And again, um, investing in somebody that then turns around and teaches you. So I'm learning about technology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm, you know, and he's identifying things that, you know, up here. He's worn me out the last couple of days. People, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> it's like. No, that's great. You know, <laughs> that's great, Nick. Where's the birds? <laughs> but 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 I'll this leads to that birds. is that is so beneficial. Now, yeah, I grew up in the Southland, and you know, I know a lot of the things that, that we have down there, and what grouse will pick, and you know, and I've opened enough crops, crops up here to uh, to see you know the same things that, that Nick's showing me, but I'm not. You know, identifying by, you know, Latin names yet, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, or ever, or even common names, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but that's uh, that's exciting to see that. But rebuilding woodsmanship, I think, is is critical. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and it's missing. It's missing. Yeah. I try to think about that. Like, you know, technology has this way of bleeding into and creeping into areas and then creates a dependency and sometimes it's healthy and sometimes it's not healthy so like part of me asking is like just i recognize the technology i use it and there are some things i really appreciate about it but like what blind spots are created because you know if you drop your phone in the swamp yeah 
how do you get out of the woods? You know, do you have a compass as well compass and, and, and that kind of stuff? So, yeah. but I think you, be, you make a good point in that for me, I can speak personally when the phones that we're carrying all of a sudden were able to show the blue dot over the satellite imagery and I'm standing in the middle of the woods, like the confidence that that gives you. And it was slow at the time you have, you know, do you really trust it right away? Right. But once right. you develop the trust and like the confidence, like, Oh man, I'm standing right here in this spot. I can see the white pine there and I can see the edge of the cut here. And I can, I mean, that gives a person a lot of confidence to go and hunt and, and then spend that time in the woods, right. you know? So technology is an interface, but keep it in its place exactly in and in, in its proper place and then just use exactly. it to your advantage but it's it's a challenge yeah realize time. yeah going in and realizing you know there's still room for the compass you got one nick but, <laughs> <laughs> uh there's still room for the compass going in yeah. and knowing just where if you've got to come out where that road is that, that you go to east west yeah. road yeah east west i road. went south off of it yep I got to go north to get out here. Just that, you know, and, and, uh, but (sighs) building that confidence, you know, I think it's, well, it's, it's been real interesting for me as I, I've always kind of prided myself and, and some people that have hunted with me over the years, they kind of recognize I have a a pretty consistent or reliable, I guess is the correct word, uh, internal compass to what your point is like, okay, I came South off this road, you know, it, it, it just made sense. One thing that I've realized is bouncing around all over the place that I've been at in the, these past few weeks is it's kind of thrown my internal compass for a loop. Mm. To be honest, is you know it's just like oh I'm in the uh, the the northern lower Michigan now I'm in the UP now I'm in Minnesota now I'm in Wisconsin and then every day I'm I'm just looking at maps to figure out where am I going to go hunt let's go here let's go there and it's like they all kind of start melding together in different spots and and it's yeah i'm having a harder time keeping up with like which spot did i hunt yesterday which spot you know and and this is where like the the notes and journals help me but what i've realized is like while out in the woods that kind of just flush of information and and where i've just been going hardcore and and just go 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 there's been a few times like i have to resort looking to my compass to kind of pinpoint where I'm at or, or pull up on X and, and, you know, just look at it. And it's something that I've had to do more this, this trip than in years past where I've always just been like, I'll be at the truck, look at Onyx for a good minute. And I might have to reference it in the field, but that was more so like, I want to go hit that cover over here. Not more so of like, how do I get back yeah, yeah. in that direction? And then, you know, especially you get, you, you know, depending on which dog, if it's a tracking dog and they circle back behind you and you just like rose, yesterday you know she d- took that hard left and then we're going we're trying to follow her and then we end up right and it's just like to be honest i was like i was like honestly like usually in years past i'd be i would kind of mentally know exactly where i'm at yeah but i had to actually pull out the compass and and look at it and, and it is one of those like even when you have all the confidence in the world as somebody like me who just I, I believe in my internal compass and trust my instincts. Yep. I have noticed the past couple of weeks, the longer I do this, like the, the more, uh, I don't know, inconsistent my instincts have been. And so having those tools at your hand, like don't be too proud to have that compass right. 
on your vest right. or in your pocket. Like truly just take five seconds, look at it and it'll save you a lot of steps in the long run for yeah. going the wrong direction. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is important to, to recognize that if you're, if you're off your game, you're off your game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And yesterday was the, the perfect day to get lost in the woods. You know, that gray day, cloudy, yeah. there was no reference. Yeah. You know, it, it looked the same all day long, yep. Yep. And, you know, that kind of thing. And you get in there and turn around and chasing the dog on point and, yeah, people don't sudden, realize if, if there's no sun to reference yep. at all, it's you know it's it's easy to get turned around. Even if around. it's subconscious, you're, yeah, you you have that awareness. And you know, up here you're going to be fine. There's enough roads here. I mean, there yeah. are some large tracts of land, but if you walk in any one direction long enough, you're going to come across a road, right? Uh, but that that can ruin your hunt if you end up on the wrong side of the cover, or the <laughs> yeah. wrong road, and and uh, day could be over. You know, yeah. it, it is just amazing. Like I, I don't care to your point. Like if you drop your phone, that's fine. But I mean, it's like all these smart watches, or I know that you have the actual manual, the the real compass hanging on your vest. It's like go spend your 10 bucks and get you a compass and, yeah. and have that. And I, you know, I use the one on my watch a lot to where, you know, I think you even said, you're like, you know, yesterday you asked like, are we going North right now? And take five. Se- yeah. We're headed North yeah. and, and it just takes five seconds. But cause I don't believe in every time you stop pulling out your phone, like right. there's something about being in the woods. You don't want to have to look at your phone screen or even Correct. your dog collar screen. Uh, at least I don't, you know, some people may not care, but yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I I would totally agree. As much as you can just say, all right, I'm I'm generally heading north. That's the gen- that's the direction I want to be going. Back to looking at the cover right. in front of me and deciding where I want to go based on that, yeah. or or where the, where the dog is taking. I'd me. much rather be reading cover than reading on it. Correct. Yep. Yep. Gearing up for your next hunt? Check out Ugly Dog Hunting Company for all your dog supply needs. Ugly Dog Hunting carries a full line of products for your bird dog and even some for you. Whether you're looking for dog collars, GPS tracking devices, kennels, beds, leads, training equipment, or first aid supplies, Ugly Dog Hunting carries it and a whole lot more. New owner of the company and Fred of the Bird Shop podcast, Mike Nadusky, loves to remind me that while I do hunt with pretty dogs, every dog can be an ugly dog. Check out the entire selection of gear for you and your bird dog at UglyDogHunting.com. For many upland hunters, along with their passion for dogs, birds, and the places we chase them, comes a passion for shotguns. Upland Gun Company specializes in customizing shotguns for the upland bird hunter imported from Italy and shipped direct to an FFL near you. Select from one of their side-by-side or over-under shotgun platforms and customize the fit, function, and aesthetics to your liking. Design and build your next upland hunting shotgun with Upland Gun Company today. Visit UplandGunCompany.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Which brings us to our heads up display shooting glasses. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody listening to this, you know, this is a horrible idea. Don't steal it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, this one, uh, I feel, is a, is, I don't know if it's a matter of time before we're using it grouse hunting, but like, you know, the yeah. whole Google Glass thing. Like, I'm actually, I don't, again, I, I have no idea what's going on in that world of technology. I know the VR displays are going kind of crazy, kind of, yeah. but maybe not. But, like, I'm surprised we're not, what happened to Google Glass? I don't know why. I think it's one of those, you know how technology is to where it's just like people think technology's at a certain place. They may try something and right. then they realize it's not quite there it yet hasn't hit the inflection point yeah where the user is using it a certain way that it really yeah because i remember vr stuff popped up like 10 15 mm-hmm. years ago yep. in the video Early. game space like i remember my brother was you know big into that stuff and i remember him buying it and other people his age were buying i say that like you know he's like a year younger than me so i'm old timer nick here but uh <laughs> It, you know, they bought it and, and it's like they wanted it to be good, but it just wasn't good. Right. And so it went away. Now it's coming back again to where it's like all these, the technology thing. It's like, I think that Google glasses and if people don't remember, it's like it picture your smartphone or your smartwatch and it was glasses, sunglasses yeah. that you wore right in front of you. And uh, we were talking last night that w- where this kind of stemmed from was what if you could do that with your shooting glasses with on X and just on X pull up, you know, almost yeah. like an Iron Man type thing, like a, a yeah. helmet view or something. But, yeah. <laughs> but to your point, like I think the technology's out there. The question is, can you make it affordable and useful right. enough and something that people would actually want to use in the woods? Yeah. 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 It's, and again, we're kind of like, we're jo- <laughs> joking about it, but I mean, it would not shock me if that, because, because the point that we were making last night is that what we're doing now is pulling out our phone and looking at it. So if you all of a sudden had a, a more convenient way of looking at that, um, and you could just say show map. Like I don't know. It would not shock me if that actually happens. I don't know when. I'm not making any projections. I don't have any projects in the work, but <laughs> that would not shock me. <laughs> well, anybody listening to this that wants to invest in this idea, you, you hit us up. You know, we don't know how to build it, but you know, yeah. we'll come up with a bunch of crazy ideas for it. Exactly. Well, it helped me point my shotgun. yeah i I, we didn't get into like targeting and and uh you know tracking technology that sort of thing uh but hey maybe you know maybe it could help us analyze our misses at least right yeah there you go basically the gopro technology built in and yeah you stopped your you looked at your barrel and stopped your gun there (laughs) yeah now some of the crazy ideas and and topics of discussion that comes up around you know campfire at bird camp that's uh the 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 what if one day technology pieces it's it'd be cool if we had this and uh that's that's one that to your point like if it saves me from having to look at a phone screen in the woods i'm 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 on board with it because i i hate pulling that thing out when i don't have to yeah 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 and it's you know i again i i think a lot of what we appreciate about this is that it's not a technology heavy thing i mean as much as much as we use it in in small doses that it you know i want to sort of disrupt the the true nature of grouse hunting and being in the woods and oh, you know so so yeah. that kind of stuff not like something i'm i'm pushing for or anything but it's just 
one of those things you think it's up to each about. hunter on it's their discretion on how much they want to bring technology right. into their hunt right well we just need guys like bill to smacks upside the head every once in a while <laughs> too far boys too far, <laughs> too far. It, it, it's funny you bring that up is uh you know the other day he, he's excited to meet yeah i don't think that you were here yet and uh, he was excited to meet you and he, he we're driving and he's like you know y'all are doing great things with the with the podcast but uh y'all got to get something in writing that yep. technology stuff it's not going to last. It's going to disappear. You got to get something in writing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like with with your with with your knowledge, journals, your and stuff. journals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and getting getting it in writing. You know, uh, what's going to happen with electronic media? It's just going to get fuller and fuller and fuller. And uh, of course, I'm married to a lady that's a librarian, and you know, yeah, she's got all kinds of books. I have plenty of books, and Nick has seen my library from. You know, Harden Foster to GBE and uh, Hill and um, everybody uh, Spiller and yep. you know everybody, yep. and uh, those are things that I can just go over to the shelf and pull out and go back to and lay hands on. And I think you guys need to think about that as your future goes on. Uh, trying to put that in writing, yeah, I know that the the paper print, but by golly, we we we, I think we all support cutting trees, right? Let's put yeah, it right. on paper, right? Yeah. So anyway, that's sustainable. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's uh, I'm glad you brought that up because in the back of my mind, I would I did want to talk about recording hunts and journals and and that sort of thing, and you know, that's like with even the GoPro clips or like keeping notes in a spreadsheet, you know, it, it sort of maybe solves one problem where like, I don't have a stack of notebooks or something on my shelf, but it's also out of sight, out of mind. And then do you ever go back to it? Like you got a bunch of stuff saved on a little hard drive. That's a, the size of a deck of cards. Pretty easy to scroll that away on a shelf and just never go look at it. So it's maybe solves one problem, but creates another. Well, when my, when my family hears this, uh, I'm going to take a beating because it's like, <laughs> uh, my daughter again has done what, and she's done the artwork for a journal for me. Yeah. I want your grass stories, dad. Yeah. It's still, you know, I've not written them yet. You haven't so, done it yet. No, I've not yeah. done it yet. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly on the bucket list to get those and, uh, for her yeah, and, um, for, for her to have and, uh, the experiences and whatnot. So do you do you have any system at, at right now? Like, I didn't see you doing anything yesterday, but get back to the truck and write something down or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I usually come in and how many miles the dogs ran okay. and, you know, uh, what we saw, what we, in know, a note, what we flushed, in a what we pointed. Uh, it usually goes in a notebook. I just put it in something rough, and okay. then I'll do something later with that. Just uh, uh, Most of my journals are rough journals, to be honest. Yep. You know, they're, they're in little notebooks or no, little notepads or whatnot. So. As far as one singular uh, organized, uh, it's it's not there yet. Yeah, uh, I've done it over the years, and you know, some of it a little more, especially the first few years that we were up there. I took, uh, I took quite a few notes. You know, yeah, uh, I don't do that as much uh, now, um, but uh, but hopefully, I can get. A lot of the stuff together, at least in journals. But she's wanting the stories. Yeah, she's right. wanting you know, right? So, which I think is really 
that's the stuff that rises to the top above the yeah. flush counts and miles. Yeah. And, you know, you couldn't appreciate that. I do. Yeah. And I, I'm in a data collection mode of sorts as well. But really, at what point are you going to go back and start looking at the data versus going back and reflecting on a story? Like, that's that's kind of mm-hmm. what matters yeah. at the end. Of, what do you do? Yeah. So this is, I mean, you and I have talked about this a few times to where it's just like the past few years, I kind of fell out of keeping up with my journal. I used to be much, much more adamant about it yeah. uh, in years past. And that's something this year I wanted to start keeping again. And I realize it's like I, I'm doing it every hunt. Who ran? How far did we run? The weather conditions, you know, just basic stuff like, you know, temperature, wind direction, stuff like that. And yeah. then the number of flushes. And, uh, I, I just kind of keep a running log of that, and then I have the intention of putting it in a, into a spreadsheet. And but to your point, it's like I'm doing all this, and uh, it's like to what end? You yeah. know, it, it's yeah. like it. I would love to have it. I, I like the thought of having it. Yeah. But to your point, like how useful is it really going to be if you don't reference it back? And and I, we were talking last night. There's only been like one time that I've really gone looking for specific information that I didn't already have in my head or couldn't resort back to like onyx pins and tracks to, to kind of, to figure out. But, uh, it's, it's one of those. And also, you know, even, even in the, the, the touch media, media, if you will, not even the digital stuff, like, you know, I grew up in a family where we always had that box of pictures that everybody meant to, you know, put in a catalog and put in a photo album that just never quite made it into a photo album. And so it's just like, you know, it's like this, this has always been a a long running thing with everybody to where it's like, we all have intentions of cataloging, right? Whatever it is, stories, data, memories, all of it. And at at a certain point, what I've found over the years, and this is why I'm trying to simplify it as much as possible this year is like, I almost lost sight of what was actually happening in real time, trying to collect and catalog all this data and information. Uh, and so it's just like a couple of years ago, I'm like, I'm, I'm just, I'm done keeping track of all this stuff. Like I want to actually enjoy the hunt for what it is. Yep. Uh, but there's something to be said, especially like when you get a new dog and it's like, you know, it would be cool to keep track of how many flushes, how many miles, how many points, you know, all that stuff. And so uh, I kind of came into it again this year doing that, but in a different light. I'm I'm trying to keep it more simple to where if it's not simple, you're not going to do it. Right. So if I don't have it on that initial dog screen on my alpha, if it's not all right there, like I'm just, I'm not going to keep it. Like I don't want to have to resort to three or four different apps to, to compile all of this stuff in one information or one spot. So I don't know. I think there's value in it, but but it's to to your point. What end? You yeah. Know, are you ever yeah. gonna refer back to it? And I think uh, the stories. If you come back and actually write the stories down, you're more likely to go back and reread that than you are to break down a spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are you writing yours in a notebook? Or is yeah, it, so it, I have a couple, like I have a, a journal specifically for that. And and again, I started off writing stories better at the start of this, but you hunt every day. It's a lot of stories to be writing, right? especially if stuff actually happens. And so kind of falling off that's the story thing, but I still have all the, the log information and, and I have certain highlights to where I can jog my memory and maybe go write a, a more 
summarized version of the story. You know, not everything has to be a George Bird Evans quality yeah. recap or story. You know, it's just like the main thing is write enough information to put you back in that situation yeah. and choose. And, and if you don't remember every detail to the exact note, you know, it's... You're not being graded on it. You're not being graded <laughs> on it, and, and it doesn't matter. Like, it's... Yeah. You're not selling it to somebody else, you know? I mean, some people are much better at writing than I am, yeah. but uh, it, it's just figure out what's important to you. If you prefer the stories, if, you, if you're if you more analytically inclined, like, you know, you and I are in a lot of ways most of the time, like, keep track of that. It's find, find what works best for you and, and do it, but... I think there is value in in keeping a journal of some sort. Yeah. And maybe it's a mixture of both. Maybe some days you feel like writing that story and then other days it's just like I'm just going to log the the data. Yep. I'm I'm like kind of I was nodding my head and and happy to hear like it's a similar thought process for you cuz it's it's a I wouldn't call it a pain point, but it's I think about it and I, you know, I've reached a a point where I'm Kind of like what you're doing is I don't want it to be so intrusive that it feels like a burden. So right. that's why I make my little basic notes on flushes and stuff. And I use the watch to track activities. And I've talked about this before. And the watch is cool because when you track the activity, it does capture the date, time, location, weather. It does yeah. have all that. And so that's an easy way to capture that. The story part has been kind of missing. And for the past few years, I've been thinking about... Again, tracking this data does allow me to go and look at, if I look at a map and I see a date and I probably have a picture from the, I'm pretty, pretty avid about taking at least a photo while I'm out in the woods, then I can put myself back there and I like to think I could recall those stories and I do from time to time, but I haven't written them down. But I, the last couple of years I've thought like, well, I should just sit at my computer and go back and kind of go through each day and write a paragraph yeah. about each day or, or something like that. And long story short, that hasn't happened. Something new I'm trying this year that I'm still in the testing phase is I have this um, journaling app on my phone that's pretty cool. It's called Day One, and it's it's set up for your own personal journal. Um, you know, you can use it in many different ways, but you can have multiple journals. You can have a personal one. You can have a hunting journal. Okay. So I have a hunting journal. And what I've started doing is I had it last year and like on my sharp tail trip, I wrote a paragraph at the end of a couple of days and then done, never did it the rest of the season. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, ah, that didn't work. So that, but this year you can, you can do audio recordings. So oh, what okay. I've been doing is go out for a hunt, hop in the truck and hit that audio record and oh. I'm and I'm telling a story like as that. I'm driving home from the Perfect. cover or something. And Perfect. I haven't done it after every hunt in the last being out of the woods for ten days or whatever, I haven't done it. And like yesterday when we finished hunting, I didn't do it. But I've actually thought it would be kind of cool if I was doing it while you were in the truck and you could say, Hey, you know, <laughs> they can hear our voices. Like I was hunting with Nick today and we went out and had a slow hunt. Rose she pointed a grouse right out of the truck and kind of got excited and i haven't figured out like my recipe for what is the right information to talk about obviously you let the hunt dictate that to a certain it might be an in the moment type of thing yeah do you, do you know will it transcribe the yes it, it does will? right there and i yeah. haven't gone back and I'm, I'm assuming like any transcription there's probably a lot of errors in it 
but it's there and you have the audio file you can record there's a limit to 10 minutes which i think is good because yeah, you don't yeah. need to go on and i have gone up to 10 minutes like usually what happens for me is i get into this like play-by-play mode i'm like i'm like yeah so we started walking out of the truck and hartley he was on point over here and, and i haven't i just haven't figured out like what what's my because i'm a system your guy, template so, yeah, yeah what's my template like do i do i just talk about the birds that end up in the bag do i just talk about the unique the unique dog work or do i talk about every contact it's like my mind is like all right there was this contact you know sequentially going through it and i don't know i'm just i'm playing around with it i, li- I like that approach it I mean, works for using the time your yeah, drive yeah. time to your advantage and yeah because Bird camp, it's tough. You know, you, we want to do all this stuff. And I find that if you're just on your, your regular daily routine and, and life routine and you go get a Saturday hunt in, right? Like you work all week and then you have a Saturday hunt. It's much more doable in that instance yeah. because it's it's one hunt a week and, and you're not overloaded. It's still fresh. It's, it's super it's fresh fun. in your mind. Yeah, yep. it's super fresh and it's rewarding. But then when you go on an actual trip to where, again, you hunt multiple days in a row multiple times in a day and then you come back to camp you got dogs to take care of you got dinner to cook yes you got socializing and hanging yeah. out you know you you have the bird camp side of things to yep. do and so you know even you and i we've had numerous trips and outings with people that i guarantee you tell me if i'm wrong you come back with every intention of recording a badass podcast yeah. episode afterwards like let's recap this story and you get back, and by the time it's done, it's like, all right, well, somebody's either you know five beers too deep, or you're just mentally fried, and yeah. you don't feel like doing it in the moment. It's uh, something like that to where you can just knock it out on the way back to the cabin. Yes, that seems much doable, and it's you know hands free. You're not sitting there writing or trying to text while driving or whatever. Yep. Like yep. I might have to give that one a shot. Yeah, yeah. I think I would be curious if you started messing around with it, sort of see see what your thoughts are and. And then I, again, going back, I always have a picture. You can attach a photo to okay. that, and then it will ask you, like, do you want to use the, the time and location from this photo? And say yes. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's a lot of stuff sure. cataloged right yeah. right there. And then, you know, I, like, I'm thinking, like, you know, how cool would it be if, if you know, maybe my son went back and actually listened to me talking about the, right. the hunt that I had in exactly. 2000, you know, yeah. whatever. If he ever does, it's not a big deal, but having the audio is kind of kind of neat you know? well and then yeah. if you like having stuff printed out like bill you know uh, wanting to be able to touch that memory or whatever and if, if it'll transcribe it you can print that out season by season if yeah. you will to where it's right. like you know 2023 grouse season and yeah. here's here's all the stories with pictures of that hunt and your weather conditions and all that like that yeah that would be pretty sweet you know that's something to where I think what Bill is saying and what you and I are talking about what we would like, it's kind of marrying up the two, mm-hmm. yep. would make it to where you would go back and reference it a little bit more. You can't tell me that in August when we're really just chomping to get to October, you look up on the bookshelf and you see you know 2023 grouse season. It's like, well, let me go back and flip through some of my hunts last year yep. with my dogs. Uh, you can't tell me that that wouldn't spark your interest enough to go back and look at some of that information. Yeah, and and another thing that I'm trying to do as I do it more with this recording the audio is like, what are the questions in my head? You know, like like especially if you go out on the sharp tail trip, like you know every every year every year has like a different theme to it, or like 
what were we banging our heads against the wall last year? And that stuff just kind of, it's with you for a bit, but you don't know if it's going to be in your mind the following year. And you're like, God, what were we struggling with? You know, so like maybe you could go back and listen to that or like, what was I seeing? What was a common theme that I was seeing in the grouse wood? So I'm trying to notate that stuff. Well, it's like the, uh, listeners ask like hey i'm going to the dakotas for the first time hunting sharptails what food sources do i look for and it's like oh what is the name of that exactly. berry again was it the gooseberry the winterberry the silverberry <laughs> like yeah and, and i'm in the plant apps like it's very easy like i have different folders like you know north dakota montana and yep. it's just like if i took a picture of it like if i scanned it it's in there and and it's it's just something else to reference back and and again just archiving everything you know everything's an archive but it's a lot of this stuff let's figuring out how to capture the the usefulness with the actual romantic side of it and and the stories i think would be a a happy medium yeah yeah and i mean none of us can foresee exactly what technologies might develop and in it you know with ai whatever like could go back and actually use some of the stuff so it's like i try to always be flirting with technology and like using the stuff that's easy to capture stuff just not knowing like how something might ha- develop in the future that allows me to go back and comb through this stuff in a, in a ways so i don't know i just either either you're you're the type of person that flirts with technology or you're not <laughs> right <Yep. laughs> and it's okay which, whichever way you want to do it well you and i'll hop off this and call ben and get the onyx glasses in production <laughs> yes. and- yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's good that'll that'll be good well we're burning daylight now it's, yeah we're gonna have to get out in the woods right, what are you gonna carry today bill i'm gonna carry the 28 28 yeah it, it pointed right yesterday uh Blew that tree right away. That, that, that grouse was coming down. <laughs> yeah, we, it was no coming doubt. down if it had not been on the backside yeah, of that tree. There was no so doubt. It's it's light. It points fast, yep. and I, and I'm needing that with you know it to be as quick as I can. Is that your first ever 28 gauge like hunting gun? Um, I bought I bought a one a few years ago. Uh, it was just the, the the Stoger, and I bought it for training purposes. Yeah, because I didn't mind you know shooting. Uh, the pin birds over the dogs. I didn't mind if I need to laying it down, throwing it down, whatever I needed to do to, you know, I'm doing everything on my own. So I bought one of those and, uh, then, and, uh, so, uh, this is, this is, that one's, that one's in one of the ones in the gun cabinet today. And it may still come out for the training, training days, but, uh, uh, this is one I'm carrying. So shooting hand loads. Uh, I am. What's the recipe? What's the recipe? <laughs> um, I'd have to look back. I'm using uh, I'm using some little gun powder, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, you're it, uh, not so you're much tweaking. not so much the actual recipe, like all the components, but yeah. like generally, yeah. pay- payload shot size. But 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 I'm 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 pushing a, an ounce a one ounce load one through ounce that twenty eight gauge. Yeah. So you know, trying to keep the pressure down. Yeah. And okay. uh, to do it with and. Um, it points well, and as they say, uh, uh, as they say, it will kill. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you're doing one ounce eights, what, seven and a half? What are you doing? Seven again? and a half, uh, and I'm using nickel plate. Nickel plate. Uh, I have uh, previously loaded some uh, six shot as well, but I think I'm going to go solid seven and a half in the future. Um, there, there are occasions 
where we may have a long shot, especially in the mountains in, in East Tennessee, yep. Yep. then I may need that six shot to carry. So I've got some of those on hand if I just feel the need, at least in the second barrel in those occasions. But for the most part, I'll right. be loading seven. Yeah, those nickel plated too? I got those nickel plated. Yeah. Yep. What's the, you know, I we've talked about a little bit, but what is the, what's the theory behind nickel plating? Plating. Well, it just seems to penetrate through the feathers. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't carry uh, the uh, feathers into the wound channel. So, uh, I have heard that. And, 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 and that's been my experience. Um, I've hit some birds with, uh, with lead shot that, I, that, that should have gone down. And it was one of the things that convinced me, try it anyway. Yeah. And, and thus far, the birds I hit are going down. Yeah. They're going down. And uh, uh, <clears throat> so the ones that aren't on the backside of the tree. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a funny thing because I, I, you know, we were chatting yesterday and I'm, I'm shooting a very similar load, although I'm down a full shot size shooting eight and a half, nickel plated eight and a half, okay. three quarter ounce payload. Right. But we end up with roughly, I think your load is 350 pellets right. give or take and mine's like 373 yeah. and we've you know we've gone into this before talking to dell and pellet counts and that kind of thing and but i have heard the nickel plating slips through the feathers it i think one of the main reasons if it's true nickel plating it is it is there to coat the pellet and lessen deformation everything's about lessening the deformation of the pellet to ensure that they pattern more efficiently and fly truer and plating does that as well if it's good plating and so we were talking about that and that in, in shooting my nickel-plated hand loads, this is the first year I've ever shot stuff that I've loaded, I certainly have not seen anything. It's such a limited feedback thing that we've talked about. Like you don't like you don't have a ballistic camera watching your patterns fly, but it, I have not seen anything to suggest that they are less effect, any less effective than, than lead oh, pellets, no. and they oh, no. and they they do seem very effective. So again, uh, taking a rough grouse out of the sky is not the most challenging thing to do from the a ballistics perspective, just, just connecting like with just them. connecting with them yep. is the, is the hard part. So it's nothing earth shattering here, but um, I've had, I've enjoyed experimenting with that and loading stuff and shooting that. And it's, I, I love the 28 gauge mm-hmm. in, in the last couple of years. That's pretty much what I've been shooting. And it's a nice gun to carry it. It's absolutely effective in the grouse woods and man, they're, they're just fun. Yeah. Well, maybe those extra 23 pellets in his shell might have squeezed around that oak phase grouse me, that you shot yesterday. It's got me thinking. Yeah. <laughs> it's got me thinking. You just need one pellet. We need three more. You know, years, years ago, we, we reloaded nine shot, mm-hmm. you know, for quail. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I killed quite a few grouse because yep. in covers that came together with nine shot. I know people that you know? pretty so, much shoot nine shot exclusively. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll get comfortable with that again. Maybe not. But you know, yeah. So I think uh, I feel like it is. There's diminishing returns too, though, because mm-hmm. it's like, how small do you really need yeah. to go? You know, I agree. you got 350 pellets. I got like, how many do you need at some point? And then in, you are losing pellet weight and energy. And so at some point, you're just throwing dust at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I, I yes. But yeah. I think the the meat hunters use 12 shot. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, shame on them. Anyway, <laughs> shame yeah. on them. Yeah. Yeah. Ground swatters. <laughs> well, that's t- 
time to pull out Onyx and start looking at maps, boys. We got to figure out where we're going to go. Yeah. Uh, this has been an absolute blast. I'm I'm so glad you guys were able to come up and hang out for a few days, and I got to meet you, Bill, and really enjoyed spending some time in the woods with yeah. you. And this has been a lot of fun. Appreciate the opportunity, uh, Nick. Uh, it's been an honor to to uh, be here to have this opportunity, and uh, appreciate you both. Keep up the good work. Yeah. And I'll just real quick, not to sidebar this too much, but, you know, I think the word mentor gets thrown around a lot, mentorship. And I would just like to say that that word can take on a bunch of different flavors. And uh, this we're sitting here right here just because this guy came up to me at a random event, didn't know me from Adam and and offered to take me grouse hunting. And uh, Without him doing that, I can't say for sure that I wouldn't have ended up here. Mm -hmm. But at the very least, you know, it, it doesn't have to be – you don't have to take somebody out there and, and show them what every flower in the world is named and, and called and, the, and its purpose. Sometimes you just have to take somebody hunting. and yeah. being a buddy. Just being a buddy, pointing them in the direction. Like, this is why I love it. Hopefully you do too. And, and sometimes it connects. And uh, so, you know, anybody listening to this, that you know, we, we talk about mentorship and, and people – uh, go find a mentor. Well, you know, in my opinion, the good mentors find the people to mentor, right? And and fast forward now, uh, we've touched on it a few times in this episode where now if I'm not around to take somebody hunting that they wanted to go learn, I have a sort resource to where I can just send them to Bill. And now he's, you know, more or less the Tennessee grouse mentor for a lot of guys down there just trying to figure it out to where what he was saying. There's, we're about to go meet up with a couple more. And, uh, yeah. and it all started with just uh, a, a genuine, authentic invitation to go hunting, not just, uh, yeah, one day let's, let's go do it. It's just like, no, it, actually stand by it, invite them and, and take them and, you know, I, I think until we got up here, we haven't had a successful shot grouse together. It's, it's like every time we've had a successful hunt down South, it's, we're not, we're not even hunting together. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so you it's, were on one mountain. I was on another. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so, you know, for I whatever, I, heard that's, shout, <laughs> <laughs> for, I mean, for whatever that's worth, you know, I know, I know, uh, again, you know, it's, it's kind of soapboxes here, but I, I think it's important, you know, stop telling other people to go find mentors. If, if you're telling somebody, go find a mentor, you know, take that burden on yourself and be the mentor. Yeah. You know, yeah. at least point them in the right direction and connect them with a resource. You know, if somebody's asking for help, how do I do this? Well, go find a mentor. It's like, can you not help connect them with a mentor if you can't do it? You yeah. know, I think there's a, a few extra steps than, than you just saying, you know, go over there. You can mentor in a lot of yeah. different ways. A lot of yeah. different ways. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, I think that you would mirror the fact that you've had three or four different mentors in yeah. different lights and, and throughout yeah and it's like everybody's mentoring each other yeah and, that, and that's why i think that term yeah. gets uh, used a lot is i think it comes back to really just friendship and hunting partners i mm -hmm. think that's what it comes down to but uh i just want to say that real quick and, and throw that out there for whatever it was worth yeah well it was a theme of the conversation and it's one reason we're all sitting here so with that let's go hunting guys yeah let's go. all right Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Birdshot Podcast presented by Onyx Hunt, Final Rise, and Upland Gun Company. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And if you really love the show and want to contribute above and beyond what you already do by listening, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash birdshot. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Birdshot Podcast.
Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app. Join millions of other hunters who trust Onyx Hunt to find more game, discover new access, and hunt smarter. Onyx Hunt shows you nationwide public and private land boundaries. They've got topographic and 3D maps. You can track your route, location, and elevation profile. You can save maps for offline use and take Onyx Hunt with you wherever you go. The most comprehensive hunting tool you'll own Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your next Onyx Hunt subscription. Know where you stand with Onyx. Hey everyone, this is Nick from the Gundog It Yourself podcast. If you enjoyed this show, then you might want to check out my show as well. We highlight and break down the ins and outs of training your own hunting dog. Whether it's a bird dog or even the occasional hound dog episode, we cover all topics related to hunting dogs. Check out Gundog It Yourself on any podcast streaming platform and hit the subscribe button to be sure not to miss any future episodes.